Hello, this is Howard Jones. You're listening to The Blend with Steve Bones. Let's welcome one of the premier voices from the 80s and 90s. You're going to recognize his name. You're going to recognize his band. You're going to recognize his voice. He is the founding member of the band Glass Tiger. Let us welcome Alan Frew to the show. Alan, welcome aboard, my friend. Oh, thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure being here. Now, so many things are going on in your life. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But I really want to focus on this brand new CD that you just released, 80 to 90 Rewind, nothing but the hits. Are you out of your freaking mind to cover those songs? Yeah, well, you know, it's been, it was a real challenge, that's for sure. There's other issues. I, I know you know I've been through some health issues. Mm-hmm. But... And we'll talk about that in a minute, but let's face it. The music is unbelievable. Were you drinking a few pints before you started or you came up with this idea? Well, on a good day, this would be tough. Um, my... You know, I don't have any uh, grand illusions about where I sit now with my career and Mm -hmm. what the industry's like. And the idea, I mean, about three or four years ago, I wrote a great pop song for Glass Tiger called Mm -hmm. I Take It Back. Mm -hmm. And it's as good as anything I've ever written, but just couldn't get it on the airwaves. It it, uh, It just wasn't to be. And so... The idea to come from a place where you sort of say, all right, so nobody really cares. You've got your few core fans. What do you do? And, you know, what do you do at this stage of your life? And, uh, you know, I'm a great believer in in reinventing uh, the wheel over and over again. And uh, so a few years ago, uh, a guy from EMI um, had suggested maybe I do a kind of British invasion thing. You know, Rod Stewart had done the... uh, the old American songbook. Right. So what if you do the British invasion, you know, the Beatles and the Who and Herman's Hermits and whatnot? And, and that would have been believable. I mean, I grew up as a young boy uh, during that time. But then my manager uh, of the last couple of years, he said, you know, I get a crazy idea. Why don't you do the 80s? Why don't you do the bands who were your contemporaries and your friends and your uh, and your allies and 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 your rivals and I thought wow what a cool idea why didn't I think of that but of course it, it presents you with a tremendous challenge because these songs are so beloved those voices you know John Waite uh, Madonna Peter Gabriel Simple Minds so it's it's a tremendous challenge to take on and the biggest one being to not have it sounding like karaoke, right? But also not lose the essence of what the fans of the '80s remember and love. So it was uh, certainly the biggest challenge in my my vocal career. Now, some of the songs that you re-recorded here is "Simple Minds," "Don't You Forget About Me," "Huge," Paul Young's "Every Time You Go Away," "Huge," "Tears for Fears," "Everyone," uh, "Everybody Wants to Rule the World," and John Waits' "Missing You." Okay. Monster, monster hits, and this CD, my friend, this CD kicks freaking ass. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, some, you know, any detractors. If you don't like this, if you don't like this CD for some reason, mm-hmm. it would only be that you're too stuck in the production of the '80s, and and my whole thing was to try and show you these songs in a slightly different light. Again, without losing 
mm-hmm. the essence of how brilliant they are, uh, or you just don't like the 80s, and I can handle that. Right. You just need to go and listen to some rap music. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you enjoy the 80s, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure you, you, you're going to enjoy the CD. Now, when you put the compilation together, how many songs did you actually record for the CD? Uh, we didn't record that many, actually. What we did was we took great time and care selecting the 12 songs. Um, we started out, you know, sort of working probably with oh, 60, maybe 100, mm-hmm. looking at them. And then you you weed out the stuff that, you know, is pretty bubblegum and crappy and you can get rid of that. <laughs> like no bow-wow-wow, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and then you pick out the ones uh, that you, I would just never touch. They're good songs, but... You know, I don't think MD's going to handle me singing Like a Virgin uh, by my dog. <laughs> Spin me right round, baby. <laughs> that ain't happening. So we weeded all those ones out. And we were probably left with a good, solid, you know, 35, 40 songs. And then we we dabbled a little bit uh, with other, other tunes, like just in a demo stage. But really... We were looking for songs that were monsters, that really sort of transcend generations. And, uh, and so we took great time and care selecting these. Now from that, did you let the other, the original artists, hear your versions? Uh, no, no. I mean, I would love to. I have uh, an inn over in the UK where someone could let Peter Gabriel hear in your eyes. I have an inn with... Uh, my guitar player on this CD is Kyle Cook from Matchbox 20. And uh, Kyle actually tours with John Waite. So uh, I could probably let John hear it. Uh, the rest of them, no, I, I, I guess they'll, they'll stumble across it like, you know, like everybody else. I would love to hear Peter Gabriel's um, thoughts on that. And John's been on this show several times. So I'll send him the single myself and see what he thinks. Oh, that's, that'd be great. That would be awesome. I think I think John would like it because you did real justice. Missing You is one of the greatest songs ever from the 80s for me that every time I hear it, I will turn it up. That's what I did with your version. I thought, wow, a brand new artist. It, at first, I thought, who is this singing? I didn't know who you were. Oh, wow. And that's a compliment. You know, listening to the voice and everything else going on here, I just went, what a special, special version. Of that song. How did how did you stumble across it? Well, it, I just uh, a lot of my listeners were just sending me links, and I didn't put you, Glass Tiger, and all that together at first because you know, you know me, I, I my mind bounces all over the place, and they're like, hey, you got to listen to this track, and I was playing it over and over again, and I went, who is this? You got to be kidding me, because I thought it was someone brand new. Wow, that's well, you know, I've. I've uh, been a fan of John's since the babies back in the yeah. 70s. And I put him down as one of my, you know, I've got like Paul Rogers, Lou Graham, John Waite. That's about it. And uh, uh, I, I hope I've done it justice. I, I think I've done it justice. And John could be the judge of that. But. All of you could sing together and you guys would be like the new voice. I'm telling you, you guys would be a super group. Just the, the three and four of you. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, hearing you sing Lou Grant, I mean, come on. Those are just, 
that is the premier voice. You have one of those voices that just kind of transcends time. And not everybody does. Not everyone's voice carries decades later, and your has. So a compliment to you and your living and uh, how you're living. And how are you feeling right now? I'm sure people are going to want to know. Okay, so uh, back in August Mm -hmm. uh, of this year, I was working extremely hard. And um, I was probably singing 10, 12 hours a day. And I'd had some problems with my right eye. I'd Mm -hmm. had a detached retina and was struggling with that. And um, not that they're related, but the retina set me back uh, in time. So I was really cramming. Mm -hmm. And on the very last note of uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart was the last song I had to finish, the song by Yes. And I slammed it out of the park, and I went to bed, and they reckoned some time in my sleep I had a stroke. Hmm. And I woke up um, feeling really strange in my right arm and in my leg, and uh, tried to shake it off. I went golfing with my son, carrying this strange feeling with me the whole time. And as the day progressed, the stroke eventually uh, paralyzed me completely Hmm. on my right side. And it was a terrifying time. And uh, I had been on medication. Uh, If the listeners are uh, interested, I'm going to go on my soapbox for a minute. Uh, I was not an unhealthy guy. I ate really well. I was swimming. Mm -hmm. And I I thought I was feeling so good, I took myself off of my medication. it's a medication for uh, cholesterol and and hypertension, which in my case is hereditary. There's just no way around it. It's got nothing to do with my eating habits and my weight. And um, I thought I was smart enough to take myself off the medication, so I, I paid a heavy price for that. Um, stroke isn't a thing about age. Um, I was probably, you know... I'm uh, 59. I was probably the old, the oldest guy around. They were, they were a lot younger than me having strokes, mm-hmm. and um, it's a silent killer. So if you're listening and you've you've been on medication for it and you took yourself off, get right back on it. If uh, if you've got any doubts about your cholesterol or your blood pressure, get it checked. And hmm. uh, I'm on the mend. It's been a a, a real struggle. I still have a, a after effect in my arm and my hand. But I'm getting there. I'm getting ready to put my band together and get into rehearsals. Now, are you going to put Glass Tiger together completely? No, no. Glass Tiger has never stopped. Uh, You know, we've been together. We've been doing a lot of festivals and stuff. Right. Especially in Canada uh, over the last few years. But this this is completely separate from Glass Tiger. This, I'll put my band together and tour uh, 80 to 90 Rewind. That's right. You're you're on that tour. So do you know if you're going to be hitting the Chicagoland area? Because also I'm from Los Angeles, so I'll probably see you at one of those places. I, I, you know, I'll have to begin, you know, walking before I can. Right. So the best place, obviously, for me to begin is in Canada, being, you know, right. well known in Canada. And uh, I would love to get the opportunity to cross the border. And I mean, this show is perfect for, you know, soft seat theaters and and maybe a casino or something like that. Uh, it's just it's just made for it. So I would love the opportunity, and, and I love Chicago. I haven't been there for many years, but uh, I'd love to uh, get the opportunity to come and play. Hey, if you come here, we'll do a live broadcast right from the show. Thanks, man. There's some small uh, venues, perfect 
acoustics that you would sound perfect in. Pete, the line would be out the freaking door. I guarantee it. Oh, that'd be great. So with uh, the health changes that are going on, what did you learn? Was there something that just kind of hit you in the forehead that you go, wow? Yeah, well, everybody, you know, everybody wonders about that sort of epiphany, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That when I was actually going through the stroke, when it was at its heaviest, uh, you know, I did question, is this it? Right. Is it going to stop? Is it going to keep going? Am, am I going to die? Is this the end? And um, that certainly, you know, is a complete reality check. Um, it won't really change me as a as the the man I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm as motivated and uh, driven as I've ever been. But it's certainly it's certainly a wake up call that death and dying is a very real present thing in all our lives and that you really do have to you know appreciate each day as a kind and um you know it it won't it's it's not suddenly got me um you know all freaked out about you know maybe i should just (laughs) kick back and right and 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 look at the trees no i want to get on stage i mean when i thought i was dying uh the the order of my thought pattern sort of went, my family, mm-hmm. I have a young daughter, mm-hmm. my dearest friends, the people I love, and my album. That was it. That's pretty I, damn good. Oh, I kept thinking, oh, man, I've just finished this great <laughs> album. Am I going to die and not get a chance to, to sing it? <laughs> that is a great perspective. I'm laughing, but what a perspective. I just recorded a great album, and I'm not going to be around. Oh my God! Yeah, that was uh, that was too much of a head trip for me. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great perspective. I mean, we all, sometime in our life, we all grew through some type of event. It could be parents passing, siblings, whatever, stroke, heart attack. But there's always that epiphany, and then we kind of look back. Knowing that, which was, which do you think is more difficult? What you're going through now, or the rise and putting together of Glass Tiger before? The monster hit. Now, when you say what I'm going through now, you mean like being at this age and this time in my career? Correct. Right. Where you are right now, you know, which is more difficult now or do you think way back when you were just kind of gritting it out, trying to make it? They're completely different animals. I, I would say that this is more difficult dealing with the industry the state that the industry's in right now. But that being said, you know, I'm very fortunate because I have a legacy that I've left behind. I've done very well, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I'm not hurting for anything in life. And so uh, for me now to deal with the industry, the ups and downs of, of the industry, I'm not living or dying by my next single and am I going to get in the radio? And so I would say that if I was... The young guy, when Glass Tiger was happening, in this industry now, that would be much tougher. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a time where the clubs were vi- vibrant. There was tons of places to play. There was tons of record companies h- hounding and hunting for young talent. There was lots of money on the go for record companies to get involved and back you. And 
these things just don't exist these days for for young artists. You know, what used to be a bar tab for a record company is now a record deal if you're lucky. Um, so it's it's. Uh, I hope that answers your question. It, it, it's a bit of both. It wasn't easy back then, but at that age it was wonderful. It was naive, and there was plenty of things to do and play. It's not that difficult for me now because it is what it is. But if I was a young younger act now, it would be very difficult. Since I am part of the music industry, like it or not, what could we do? Me being a radio person, what could I do to help? your new single, your new CDs, and really your generation of music that, let's face it, there are 80 and 90 stations everywhere playing Glass Tiger. What are we not doing for your new stuff and your new singles? Well, the thing with with this particular CD, like uh, for for younger acts, it's going to take that one jock that's willing to go against the system and say, I'm going to champion this song on behalf Mm -hmm. of this young Mm -hmm. act. Um, because we, you and I both know how the system works now. It's not like it used to be. There's no free form anymore. It's all, you, yep. you know, you, yep. the radio stations get very contained. Music directors and music programmers have to answer up. And so uh, it, it's going to take that. But uh, but probably even for the likes of this CD, the, the great thing about this CD is it has a lifespan that um, uh, an original CD won't. Like if, if if you were turned on by my new single, if I'd written you a song and, and you were like, Alan, how do I get behind this? It would be much tougher. This one, these, these songs were massive hits 30 years ago. They were massive hits 10 years ago. They were massive hits 10 weeks ago. And mm-hmm. they'll be massive hits next year and 10 years and 20 years after I'm gone. So the lifespan of this particular CD uh, can handle the, the notion that it's going to, it's going to be more of a lifestyle. It's going to take someone like you cranking it out, yeah. and uh, and and the fans dictating to another 80s station. That just the same way that you found it, with, with your listeners, it's going to take that and that and that again. And um, and I have the time to work it. I'm I'm not living and dying by it's got to be done in in six weeks or it's over. Right, so it gives us a little flavor of what grassroots were way back in college, when I was on college radio. We just kind of exchanged music and cassettes. That's essentially what's happening now. That's how I found you uh, and, and this and these singles, and we're going to play a couple of those at the end of this. So I'm looking forward to it. And it, it is hard. It is hard in the radio industry to play anything outside of, of the list that we are given. It is extremely difficult, and there. There are repercussions if we don't follow it. You know, thank God I have this my own show that I could play whatever I want. I I had a I had a, a discussion with a a program director that went sort of like this. I had written this song for Glass Tiger called "I Take It Back," and if you get a chance to check it yeah, out, I'm sure I you'll certainly will. Great, great song. And uh, a, a, a music director of a large radio station in Canada was chatting with me, and the conversation went like this. Alan, I love this song, man. This is this is amazing. And I said, oh, you sure you? Oh, man, it's great. And I said, wonderful. Are you going to play it? No. <laughs> and I said, why not? He said, Alan, I can't. I can't fit you. I can't fit Glass Tiger in in this format. Yep. It won't happen. And it didn't. Well, and rest assured, this CD fits into this show's format. 
because I say so. That's the reason why shows like this even exist, because I took the financial responsibility to do it myself and syndicate it all. I own it, so they can't say no to what it is that, that I play versus when I'm on air where I have to follow the format. I love that. So, And that's the way it should be. That's the way I remember DJs growing up. Those were the ones that I loved the most, that they could play whatever they wanted, and it would bounce all over the place. So with this, with this 80 to 90, are there groups or singers out there that you would like to hear them sing your hits from Glass Tiger? Oh, wow. That's really putting me on the spot. I'm, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask just by virtue of the fact that I'm more out the loop of what's going on day to day um, because I'm so immersed in my own writing and my sure. own and I'm, I'm also working on a project that as we speak we're trying to find a home for it and we're getting closer and closer uh, the son of Sir George uh, yeah the son of Sir George Martin of the Beatles mm-hmm. uh, Gregory the first born son he has this wonderful new concept um, about all the things he witnessed growing up watching his dad with the Beatles and whatnot. And uh, it's it's a, a it'll be a weekly kind of HBO type show where you're witnessing the greatest band that never existed. And I've written all the music for that band. And. Um, so in my studio, it's 1966, 67, wow. 68. And I'm writing, um, I'm writing as if the Beatles are out there and the Stones are out there and we're just another band trying to make it at the same time. And we're called The Circus. And um, it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful concept. So I immerse myself in all these things that kind of leaves me high and dry when it comes to who's out there doing what. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, count me in on that show. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, now, all right. So let me let me change the question. Let me just turn it just a little bit. You were singing the contemporaries uh, of your time in the '80s. I certainly placed myself in that time. Mm-hmm. Would you want Paul Young to sing Glass Tiger's <laughs> hit? Would you want Peter Gabriel? I mean, who would you love, like to hear from them? Yes, I'd love to hear Annie Lennox oh. sing my version of "Someday." Uh, I'd love to hear. John Waite saying, don't forget me when I'm gone. Wow. You know? Wow. I'd love to hear Rod Stewart singing. There's a song by Glass Tiger called My Town that Rod and I did as, did as a duet, actually, where he takes the lesser role. I'd love to hear Rod take the lead role. Yeah, that was uh, late 90s, wasn't it? 92? Yes. Yes. Right or now. early 90s, I should say. Rod and I sang it as a duet. Yeah, I don't think that made it here in the U.S. I remember uh, playing it in Los Angeles, but that was a big hit in the U.K., wasn't it? Yes, it was a big hit in the UK and in Europe and in Canada. Mm-hmm. It was monstrous, but unfortunately, it never, it never, uh, never get played in America. But well, that was when the shift started to grunge in the early '90s. That's why all of that happened. So the the '90s in uh, U.S. radio are just whacked out, you know, from like '91 to '95. Yeah. So where I had to drop like uh, every rap artist you could think of. And didn't matter if I liked it or not, that is what was hot at the time. So that's what I had to drop. So, Yeah, you know, fans, fans of music, fans of radio stations and, and fans of bands and whatnot, you know, they, unfortunately, they, they don't really realize, you know, the, the intricacies of what it, 
all takes. Mm-hmm. Why can't I hear Brian Adams right now? Why can't I hear Glass Tiger and Paul Young? Be- well, because it's just not in the cards for the programming, and they have to answer to the advertising yep. dollars, and that's what happens. Or, or a fan will write and say, Alan, why don't you come and play Chicago? Why don't you come and play Florida? And we'd love to. Of course we would love to. I'd go on a plane tomorrow mm-hmm. and come and play Chicago. But just the logistics of being able to come down and do it and make it work uh, is, is incredibly difficult. Now, with the rise of the show, all the vocal shows, The Voice, uh, American Idol, uh, etc., would you ever want to be a judge on something like that? <laughs> I don't know, really. I've, I've uh, been known to... No, I'll, well, I'll say what I'm going to say, and then I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> amend it a little bit. I, I'm proud to say I haven't watched, like, one brain cell's worth of reality TV. I just have no time to give my brain power to watching guys do duck calls <laughs> or people raid lofts to see what old furniture are in there. And so reality TV and Alan, just we, we don't live in the same universe together. That being said, although I haven't seen The Voice and I haven't seen American Idol or any of those shows, I realize that it's still, at the end of the day, it's about raw talent or lack thereof uh, coming in front of people who have been there and done it. So I wouldn't have uh, such a difficult time if anybody ever asked me to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I could hold my head high at least and say, yeah, yeah, I, 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 could, I think I could judge talent or, or lack of talent uh, without a problem. All right, so final question. I know you're you're uh, got a strict schedule here. Would you be open to with new technology now? We talked about playing live and um, the the issues of traveling the states or UK or what have you. Would you be open to even doing, uh, let's say, an internet performance where people can log on and watch you play from your favorite pub or, or what have you, something of that sort. Absolutely. Absolutely, of course. Yeah, as the as the you know, technology has got us to the point. You know, even the way pod, uh, even the way Periscope's been working yep. recently. Uh, when I was recording this album, I would Periscope for fans uh, and just give them live updates on what I was doing. And yeah, it would be uh, a tremendous uh, uh, opportunity to do something like that. And I would definitely, definitely be interested in that. And, and, you know, it is not out of the question that, um, you know, my manager has, has talked to a few promoters who do heritage and classic mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, th- there's definite interest for uh, me to come and perform this stuff. I just think the obvious place, as I mentioned, is to, is to begin here in Canada, but uh, don't write it off. Uh, as uh, impossible to come down and, uh, and do it. Oh, no, but that's just the easiest way. That's just technology. I mean, we just can't reach out to everyone. We, I have listeners around the world. I can't travel everywhere, but this is let's utilize technology as best as we can so you can reach out to all your fans. I mean, let's face it, they are worldwide, Alan. When I get my sea legs back and I'm, I'll, I'll go into light rehearsals uh, for the rest of December, I'll just maybe dabble a little bit. Come January... We'll get any more serious rehearsals, and probably by, you know, February or March, I'd be totally up to do a live 
a live po- The first show I do, there's great interest up here because when I had my stroke, uh, all the major radio stations and newspapers and uh, TV stations came out, uh, unfortunately for the wrong reasons, but everybody right. was interested in my my condition. And so they've all shown great interest on when when is he going to come back? Is he going to be able to come back? And so the first show that I do should mean something. And uh, I may do something actually in conjunction with the Heart and Stroke Foundation to help them maybe do a big gala or something. So great idea. It, it, would be, uh, it would be great to maybe think that there could be a podcast done of that. I would be all over uh, sponsoring that. And even if you took a moment, and we're going to have you back. You know, This is just not a one, one-time wonder, uh, your guest appearance. When you come back, I want you to play live for us, okay? Absolutely. You know, acoustic or whatever it is, or just sing a few bars, whatever it is that you would want to do. I am in support of you and what you're you're going through. I have family members that have experienced the same thing and, and other heart ailments, so I am always full. And to me, you sure have a lot of life to me. You know, you sound pretty energetic to me, so. Like, I am. I'm well, you know, I mean, it's who I am. If I can't sing, if I can't perform, if I can't do the things that I'm bred to do, then then um, I just wouldn't I wouldn't function very well at all, and I would have kept going with that. Right. So that's all behind me, and uh, and uh, I just can't wait to get back out with my band. And I know we cannot wait to see you on the road. Alan Frew from Glass Tiger. Get his brand-new CD, 80 to 90 Rewind. Alan, thank you so much. We'll have you back real soon. Steve, my pleasure. I'll come back whenever you ask.